of Becoming Braverman. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Branzell. And this, this is, is my last Sunday as Aaron Branzell. Oh, yeah. This is Doug. We're getting married next week. So we will become one. <laughs> we will become Aaron Shalmazer. and Doug Braverman. Is the sound of that fan going to get recorded on our podcast? Probably, yeah. We're doing our podcast for the first time. Oh, we have, a new, we have a new microphone. microphone so We're not using the iPhone anymore. Weirded out by all the technology. So, speaking of technology, would you like to get your phone ready? Sure. We have a 30 second countdown for a recap for of episode of you six. Who are not watching along with us, I'm going to help you out a little bit here. This was and episode six entitled The Big O. The Big O. 30 second timer begins now. Okay, so. It comes out that maybe Christina doesn't always orgasm in sex, and so Adam is worried about that, and Crosby gets his paternity test back, and Jabbar's really his, so oh shit, now he's got to tell his parents. And uh, Gabby, the Max's behavioral aide, starts working with Max, and Max uh, plays ball with a girl, and uh, Mr. Sear flirts with both Amber and Sarah, and it's kind of weird. And then Mr. Sear, Mark, asks Sarah out, and at first she says it's complicated, and then he says, well, maybe it's just my question was too complicated, and then... Stop. Yeah, she says yes. Oh, I missed a lot. Yeah, maybe we should go back to one minute recap. I think we need to turn down the game a little bit. It's going too close. I missed a Just a, lot. a tiny bit. There you go. Much better. Okay, so, um, well, let's see. There's a lot of things going on in this episode. A lot of big storylines developing. I totally developing. forgot about Raquel. I didn't talk about Raquel at all with the whole Juliet and Joel thing. And um, You want to start with that then? Oh, do we have to? Let's just start with that since you didn't summarize that part. Yeah, so Crosby goes to a play date. Julia gets him in the Wednesday play group with uh, Joel and Sydney and Raquel and Harmony and Crosby takes Jabbar. Obviously, that's why he's going, but um, he realizes that Raquel is a little handsy with Joel when Julia is not around. She's like very attentive and like basically pretending to be like, like his wife. His wife, yeah. Um, Do you think that's out of line? So the shoulder touching, but you're in a public place with a lot of people around. Do you think that's okay for just a friend, you know, a female friend to be touching Joel like that? I think it has a lot. I think every. I think things like that have to do with intention, 
And I think that you can have like a, a friend of the opposite sex and, and be like physically touching them as long as both of you, like both of, if both of you are like clear on the fact that it doesn't mean anything. Like, like for example, like my friend Luke, like I would hug him no problem and like nobody has a problem with me hugging him because it's like we're just friends. We've always been friends and there's a, there's a long history of that. But Joel and Julia, or sorry, Joel and Raquel, like, I think Raquel's intention is not just to be friendly. It's to, to have this, like, flirtation, and she's and she's attracted to him physically, and the reason why she's, like, oh, touching his shoulder and everything is because she wants to, and it doesn't really have to do with, like, checking in as a friend, even but though she But what, what if she's not? Because in the episode, I mean, it goes over where months ago, well... Uh, so like later on after the scene at the party uh julia confronts joel based on crosby's uh interpretation of what happened at the party and so julia basically asks joel like is this is this a problem is there something going on what happened between you two and then joel talks about months ago where raquel kissed joel so let's say that was months ago that she kissed him Let's just say now it's it's no longer a thing. Like Raquel's no longer interested in Joel. Can can those two still do that, hug and touch and stuff like that? Even though now, like you're saying, they're both on the same page that they're because not. Because Joel apparently shut her down. Joel shut her down. But I'm saying a hypothetical situation because obviously Raquel's still trying to get with Joel. But I'm saying in a in a different world. What if they were both how Joel feels, where he's not interested at all, Raquel's not interested in him, but they're just friends? Well, after after the after the kiss. This is the problem I have with Raquel's behavior is that she doesn't act like that when Julie is around. So mm. if you're if you're changing, if you're doing something differently when you're when the spouse of the person that you're hanging that you're supposed to be friends with is not around, that's when it becomes more problematic. If she was always just touchy-feely Raquel and like Julia saw that it wouldn't be as much of an issue but that was the whole issue when Julia and Crosby were talking about it because Julia's like oh tell me how she acts when I'm not around and that's the thing is that she acts differently when Julia's not around mm. and that whole thing with the kiss that happened months ago now the problem isn't that she kissed him the problem is that Joel never told Julia about it. It's the secret of it. It's the lying about it. It's a lie of omission. Yeah, she, that's very she's questionable. Not, he's not lying about it directly, but he's keeping it from her. So it's a lie of omission. Isn't and that's that very questionable on, on his behalf? Not yeah. saying anything of a, think, from a kiss? Well, and then still allowing Raquel into their home and making cookies and and, and like julia said you made me think i was crazy yeah you let me think she said you let me think i was crazy for being jealous of her when really i wasn't crazy this whole time it's classic gaslighting your whole ideal joel man here is not he's already letting me down what the heck well that's the thing i don't about remember joel. that happening the first couple times i watched this. i forgot about it too that's the thing about joel is that i think he did it out of the goodness of his heart he because what let me explain Doug keeps looking over at our levels, and I feel like he's we'll have not to really adjust listening. it later on. I feel like he's not really listening to me talking because he's so looking at the levels. Hi, we make, talk really make loud. Eye contact with me, please. Come on. Um, you're you're not looking at me. I was looking at you the whole time. <laughs> no. What do you want? You keep side, you keep side eyeing and looking at the computer. Okay, you want me to talk or what? No, I was I was still talking, but you just weren't listening. 
So, um... Somebody's in a mood today. Sunday. <laughs> anyway. I forgot what I was talking about. Yeah, you messed it up. <laughs> I messed it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Should we start over? <laughs> no, we're not starting over. Oh, Fuck okay. that. So... Joel oh, is I know not that, that good of a about. guy. I think that Joel did it out of the goodness of his heart because he is so he is so sure about his love and his commitment to Julia. And in, in his eyes, Raquel is the problem. And, and he's like telling Julia now, oh, I shut it down immediately. She misinterpreted because like he was there for her to listen to her bitch about her marriage or whatever. And so she misinterpreted him being there to listen to her as like him being open to intimacy of another level and that's when she you know tried to kiss him or did kiss him whatever but and she and he's like oh i shut it down and so in his mind i think he's like well i don't need to tell julia because it's just an, i've taken care of it and that's and that's like that's his masculinity that's his idea of like being a good man coming into play because he's like oh. I, think, I think it's a lesson for uh anybody listening and us that it's no longer a good thing to to hide those things. You gotta be upfront about it's it. Never, it's never good to hide those things. That's Joel thought it was good. Yeah. Even though you, you're well, saying it's his wrong. masculine side doing it, it's still it's not a good thing. Well, if, if women do it all the time too, it's not a solely masculine thing. It's just his idea of being a good man is taking care of the issues so that Julia doesn't have to because Julia has well, yeah, so I'm much on her plate it's already. Obviously, not a good thing because you're hiding the truth. Yeah. And that's why I said in my notes, I said it wasn't. It's not even the problem that she, that she kissed him. That's not even the problem anymore. The problem is that it was like a month ago or months ago, and she and he never told. Um, well, yeah, Julia. You and can't help somebody kissing you, but you can. right. Some well, sometimes you can, but sometimes you can't. People are gonna try and kiss you, and you sometimes like Joel said, <laughs> people are gonna try to kiss you. It's just real life. It's People's just, just life. trying to kiss you. It's just life out there. Go to guys. the grocery store. Somebody's trying it's to kiss just, you. Everyone's just trying to kiss me. But you know that's why you have to say no. I'm not available for kissing right now. And that's what Joel did. But then, like when you have a a person, a wife that you're committed to, you let them know like this happened. Obviously, it's a problem. Yeah. Move a little bit because I see you. I see myself in the mirror. Oh, oh my gosh! Everything's just so different today. We're we're one seat over from where we usually sit. We're not sitting in the same chairs. Okay, so another thing that I circled and it's like a, a funny aside was the um, right before Julia and Joel had this conversation in the kitchen, Joel gave her a side kiss, a, a cheek, cheek kiss, yeah, side kiss. Yeah, and I looked at you. We try not to talk while we're watching the show because we tried to save it for the podcast. So that's why we just write things in our notebook. But I couldn't help myself. I looked over at you and I said, don't ever kiss me on the cheek like that. Always on the lips. Yeah, I think I don't think he normally does it. I think they did that to set the scene. To show a little bit of distance. Yes. Ooh, behind the scenes in the writer's room. Let's have... Let's have let, well, let's do let's do a, a role play behind the scenes. Hey, for episode six, I think we should have Joel kiss Julie on the cheek because he's well, so those little distant. subtle things that that make a show. Oh yeah, good, I understand. You know? So then, yeah, uh, because well, like, but then we did talk a little bit about on the couch, and I was like, yeah, that, is that just what people do when they've been married for a while? Because they've been married for a while, they they have you know they've been married for at least 
eight, seven or eight years. Well, does your, does your dad kiss your mom like that? I don't know. I don't live with my parents anymore. I don't know how they kiss, but... I mean, a cheek you kiss. You spend is, time around them. A though. cheek kiss is nice, but it's like what grandparents do and stuff. Like I just never. Well, it's like usually I'm I'm kissing you on the cheek because I just kiss some other girl on the lips. Right, exactly. Or like, I'm okay with like some face kissing if there's like you know other things going on. But like if it's like we get home from work, like that's what just happened. Smack dab on the kisser, baby. That's what it's called, the kisser. Adam sport. and Christina, they kissed on the lips when he came home. Oh, this they episode. like pull out, make out in the kitchen. Yeah, she's a horn. She's a horn dog now. Like we'll talk about basis. that in a little bit. Yeah. So the Julia in this conversation after Julia tell or Joel tells her that uh, Raquel kissed him, Julia says she doesn't want Raquel in in, in the I picture don't want that at all. In our lives anymore. Which the consequence. Leads or the, this leads to the consequence of Sydney not having ro- ro- Rosemary What's Harmony. Harmony. <laughs> Harmony. Sydney doesn't have Harmony as a friend because. Uh, well, that's the potential consequence. That's what yeah. Julia decided, and uh, Joel was kind of fighting it for a little bit, right? It was like a weak attempt. Luckily for him, he didn't go like hard in the paint. Well, I feel like that's... this is it's very appropriate. What Julia was proposing. Right. Very appropriate. Who cares if a five... I don't know who I was best friends with when I was five. Like, actually... Was it Jess? It was Jess, but like... Oh! We're still, and we're still friends. But like, you I You could other, have taken Jess out of Sydney's life. I had other friends in my life when I was five that have are not... Chances are, whoever it's you're friends with deal. when you're five, you won't be friends it's with probably them. probably not. If you're five years old and listening to this... <laughs> you Turn should, it off. You should go to bed. <laughs> Even if it's 8 o'clock in the morning, just go back to bed. Go to You're sleep. five years old. That's how bones grow, is when you sleep. <laughs> it does? That's how everything happens. Like When you sleep. Yeah, you have to sleep. That's how your your and skin do replenishes. Your... your brain clears out the gunk. Yeah. We're not scientists. <laughs> well, yeah, scientists don't use the word gunk. Clearly. Um... Do you want to wrap up Julia? Because what ends up happening at the at the final scene of the episode? Yeah, so we were talking about Raquel. So the whole thing about Raquel this whole time, ever since she came on the scene, was, oh my God, we hate Raquel, but she's so much like us. And well, like her lifestyle habits are like us. And even the thing, but this episode, I I could not deny because she said, I'm thinking about. Uh, there's like this playgroup thing happening at Zeke and Camille's house. She's very hippie. Um, for for them to meet Jabbar and they, there's a play thing going on or whatever. But like, while the kids are watching this show that Crosby's putting on, um, uh, Raquel comes over to Julia and says, oh, I'm thinking about signing up Harmony for, um, to do pottery. You know, working with the clay just really grounds you to the You laughed when I, you said like, that. Cause I laugh because I say shit like that. Like, yeah. I, I say shit like that. I'm like, oh, I want to get in touch with the elements and I'm going to go, I'm going to go take a walk barefoot and get in touch with Mama Earth. And, and so that's what like, I'm saying. So like, her lifestyle her because... is, is actually good. Ten years ago, it wasn't as mainstream. Now it's becoming more mainstream right. to, like, be more like that. And I think that that's, it was an intentional on the writer's part to like paint her sort of alternative to make her like of course. even easier to hate. But but like what I actually hate about Raquel is that she's just loose, you know? Like she's so loose Ooh, with, her, that? with her with her emotions. Like she's just so like, she's too open to, to Joel, obviously. And like, 
I don't I don't actually dislike the things that Raquel is doing with her life on a daily basis. It's just the whole dynamic that she has with Joel. So it's important to separate those things because I like to get grounded too. Yeah, anyway. Not by my parents. That, like grounded Then we the see Sydney and Harmony like hugging, hugging each other so while watching sweet. the Muppet show. And so Julia is like basically she's like, Oh, maybe the girls can take the clay pottery together. class together. So then that's like our cue as the audience, like, oh, Julia's not going to banish this woman from her life. She's and so basically, Julia. For her daughter, she's being. Like, Julia she's gave Raquel up. permission to cheat. Not really. With Joel. Not really. That's. You're, Indirectly. You're overstepping. You're overestimating. Over interpreting that. That's but not this really... storyline from watching this a couple of years ago, like, this builds into a monster later on. Mm hmm. This 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 allowing it's like, like a Julia Julia allowing the two kids to be friends is what blossoms this whole problem into a monster of a problem. Well, yeah, it's not the problem doesn't continue to be Raquel, but there is a problem that stays with Joel and Julia's marriage that first took root in this storyline. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's oh Raquel, you know, working with the clay just grounds you to the earth so much. Yeah. Um. So you want to talk so, about the big thing going on here? The big O? No, no, I was going to say the, the whole Crosby paternity oh, yeah. situation. Yeah. The coming out to his parents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Coming out to his parents, not as gay, but as a father. He's coming out to his parents as a father. <laughs> yeah, so Crosby has the paternity test and he looks at the results and it's, it is confirmed that he is the father of five-year-old Jabbar What's Jabbar's last name right now? Jasmine. I don't know. I don't know Jasmine's last name. I know we know it, but in the show, like, it's told, but I forget. Yeah, I think they said it last time. So, anyway. what do you want to say about that? Wow, okay. Um, well, he goes to Julia's office because he's afraid to open the envelope by himself. And, and then it's... Uh, it's funny. It's comedic to me because after she, after he like realizes that it's their DNA and everything, it's almost like he's realizing all over again that he's uh, that he's their father. That he's a father. Is it recording? I think so. Yeah, it is. Where's the time though? It's right there. Seventeen. Oh, okay. 18. Good. I think it's just. This it's is slowly. just staying constant because okay, I just want to make talking sure. the whole time. Anyway, quality content. Still um, want to keep it under an hour. Um, yeah. So he realizes again that he's a dad, you know, so it's almost like all over again. And then it's like... Yeah, but this time it's then, like more official. Yeah, and, and then he... Because it's on a piece of paper and everything. And then he's like, oh my God, now I have to tell mom and dad. And it's funny because it, it's it it's like five years in the future is like it 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 calls back a scene of like getting your girlfriend pregnant in high school type of thing like oh now I've got to tell mom and dad and so like he you can see he still has a lot of growing up to do like he's still well he says that it's right still before, a big deal to have to tell his parents well, yeah right you know? before he leaves Julia's office he says you know we should frame this these test results and this will be what. Maybe makes it, me grow up mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and so then he tries to he goes over to his parents house he tries to get julia to come with him but julia's like no you gotta do this by yourself 
So he goes over to his parents' house so his mom can do his laundry. So it's still... Uh, I used to do that in college. Yeah. Well, he's not in college. Like, I remember staying at the <laughs> dorms and, and uh, yeah, I would come home on the weekends and bring all my dirty clothes. I remember, yeah. like, walking out of the dorms with my big basket of dirty clothes mm-hmm. to bring to my mom to do... Right. Um, in college, I feel like that's still... Yeah, that's true. He's probably 30 years old. He's Yeah, he's out of college age. Um, but it's funny because you just see the the hole that Crosby's character has kind of dug himself into because he tries to tell his mom and dad about Jabbar, but because of the way he... Billy! <laughs> because of the way he frames it, he's like... Uh, there's someone new that's come into my life recently. They just think he's talking about another girl. And so we see from their reaction that he's kind of done this before. Like he's had this string of relationships that he claims are so serious, but then they fizzle out because, you know, he's not a grown up or whatever. And so he ends up not being able to tell his parents then because he just. And kind of- I really liked in that in that scene there, like Zeke was making fun of Crosby for, for saying like something serious because, yeah. you know, something serious with Crosby is usually not anything serious based no. on his history right with women oh, something serious for the first week and a half yeah and so it kind of makes Crosby feel bad about himself because he realizes how how much growing up he hasn't done and how his parents see him kind of they love him and accept him but they see him and they put him in this box of like man child you know and so he well there's also a funny exchange there where um Zeke is like oh you're here to do the laundry and Crosby goes, "Would you just get into a fight with a leaf blower?" <laughs> his like, hair was so disheveled. He came out of the he came out of the shower or something, and his hair was like sticking straight up, and he was all like, "Huh." Um, but yeah, Crosby's like, "Oh, you know what? I just got to go back to the studio." So he doesn't end up telling him in that moment. And so before we get to the scene where he actually tells them, yeah, um, you know, Crosby, I think Sarah, no, Crosby goes to Sarah, or does Sarah go to Crosby? Sarah goes to Crosby for advice, but really it's more like for permission, which is a whole other right. thing. Right, so so Sarah went to Crosby because she knew what Crosby was going to say compared to all of her other siblings right. or her parents. Because she's looking to justify going out with her daughter's English teacher. Mark. Mark Sear. Who because Sarah that. and Crosby, they're like the same. They're like the people that never really grew up, you know. They're more indulgent. They're more... They're not as responsible yet. Right. And so, um, and Crosby says, "Oh, sorry." I, I was gonna say when Sarah was telling Crosby about like Mark and how he's Amber's teacher, and then Crosby says, "Is he legal?" And uh, that's the only criteria that he's looking for, because <laughs> yeah. in his opinion, that's all that you know. Because he that's the only thing. about it's, that with women, yeah, like, are you of age? Well, yeah. that's yeah, that's it's a very low bar to please. Or to get Crosby's approval, yeah. which I thought it was, I thought Are it was, I thought it was cool. It's almost like forget what everyone else thinks. Like, yeah, there is some, legally, you know, as long as you meet that. that requirement, then you're okay. Yeah, like, so I thought that was funny. But. Yeah, and then one well, that he even says like, "You didn't come to me for advice. You came to me to hear me say yes. It's okay. You can do that." He's like, "If you had wanted advice, you would have gone to." He calls uh, Adam Dudley Do Right because he because if if if, he, if Sarah had gone to Adam. Adam would have said, no, don't go out with your daughter's English teacher. Right. And Julie would have said the same thing. But Crosby calls Sarah out on her bullshit and was like, you don't want advice. You just want me to tell you, yes, it's okay. And Sarah's like, yeah, it's true. And it's almost like a pitfall in 2019 because, like, you can, if you have a dilemma like that, you can Google it. Mm-hmm. and But you could 
Google it not like in the form of a question. You can put like what you think it should be, and you'll get and you'll get that right? answer. Yeah. So that could be a downfall for everyone. And that's why it's so important to meditate. Oh. You start one, and I'll do one. Om. Yeah. Like a like an echoing one. Oh. start a new one no this is a show about the <laughs> parenthood tv show anyway no but you're right it is really hard to get in touch with you know like your own center and that's and that's the thing is that at the at our center at our core outside of all the ego Abs. and the desire and the wants we do know what's best for us but most of us are so out of touch with that that that's why we ask other people for advice and that's why we google things because well, I think when you're we're in not the... in touch with our own inner voice yeah, but it's hard to be too. It's hard to be. I don't deny. That I think at all. whenever you're in a, you have a problem or like a, a a dilemma where you're in the middle of it, it's really hard to have a a a, a perspective from somebody on the outside would have because you, mm-hmm. you're just so into it and like you know things that these other people on the outside don't know, and so you're almost skewed without even knowing you're skewed in your thoughts, right? Because you're in the middle of it. Uh, okay, stop. Um, but. But that, oh, and that's you were just why, saying, um. 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 And, but, and also think about it, you know, neither Sarah or Crosby have uh, partners, you know, long-term partners. And I think in a, Well, in Crosby a, has Katie. Crazy Katie. Crazy Katie. Not anymore. Remember her last episode? Oh, yeah. She's gone. She's gone forever, right? I don't think we ever have to see her again. But we they still mention her. And it's funny because Zeke... Too bad we can't mark Seer. <laughs> okay i gotta this is the quality content (laughs) this whole show is about laughing uh awkward silence in the beginning about fighting and then meditation ohms and lying people well we're not lying to each other no what makes what made me laugh more was when when doug gets doug is so beautiful when he like fully laughs about something he gets this crinkles eyes. Is actually, I think it's like I think it's the look that you make out of satisfaction when you make me laugh hard, and it makes me laugh harder because it's like a look of pure joy on your face. This makes up for the fight that we had at the beginning of the episode. Oh, uh, we, we cut that out. No, we didn't. It's stain. Um, but that's a perfect joke to make because of the joke that Sarah makes with Mark Sear. Anyway, but I totally don't remember what. Oh, partners. So like in a healthy relationship, I'm not talking about like codependency or anything like that but in a healthy relationship your partner works as a sounding board for your own ideas you know like I feel like I can come to you with something and you can you could tell me when I'm full of shit and you you could also support me if I'm doubting myself and like that's you know I'm not talking like codependency is a whole other thing that's what I'm talking about but like because Sarah and Crosby don't have partners they're going to each other too and you know I don't know whatever but I mean Sarah's asking about whether to go out with the boy and really she's just looking for the permission so then go over when Crosby tells the parents over uh, ice cream okay oh so well yeah and then Crosby attempts to get Sarah to come with him to tell his parents but she's like she no, calls him a freak you need to tell tell him yourself you freak um, and so then they go out to dinner at like a diner oh I thought it was just ice cream 
I think it was dinner, but and then maybe they and then they like got ice cream after, which just further showed the man childness of Crosby. I feel like that's a sign of keeping in touch with your inner child when you like say yes to ice cream. If you don't like ice cream, then there's another sign, obviously. Oh, I thought he was but, buttering them up with ice cream. Well, maybe. But yeah, he was like, oh, I'll pay for this. I think they actually had dinner, but then they also ordered ice cream. That's not important. But um, but yeah, when he when he begins, he begins to tell his parents by like basically saying, I'm entering a new chapter of my life. I want you to know that I really appreciate all that you've done for me, but I'm not going to be as much of a burden anymore. And Zeke thinks that, like, Crosby's dying. Like, Zeke's like, you feeling all right, son? And, like, um, Zeke is like, Zeke is like, are you okay? Like, I don't, I'm getting really worried from what you're talking about. And then Crosby just, you know, rips the Band-Aid off, and he's just like, I have a son. I'm a father. You yeah. take over. We're yeah, doing a then, lot of summary. How about then, you? Uh, give, give me your thoughts on that. Well, then Zeke, you know, starts saying, you know, he was surprised. He didn't think Crosby was going to say this. And, uh, you know, he's very accepting and he loves it. He always wants grandkids. Well, yeah, he's, and Camille yeah. was kind of being hush-hush. She just had a reaction on her face that Crosby couldn't really... Couldn't read it. Couldn't read what it was. And he's like, he's like, Mom, what's, what is it? You say something. And then she's, what does she say? She's, she's very... She, she says, does he look like you? Because you were the cutest kid, Crosby. Yeah, then she gets up and, I was crying, and Zeke's like, where are you going, Millie? <laughs> and she just went over to hug yeah. Crosby. She's um, like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, so of course they're, they're going to be accepting. I didn't expect anything less of those two. No. Uh, I think Crosby did for some reason. He was kind of apprehensive to tell them about Jabbar. I think it has to do with the whole, like, that he's five years old already, you know? And I think that... Oh, uh, yeah, like they like, missed what, what if, everything. What if, what if they're upset that I didn't know about it? What if they think I'm irresponsible even though I didn't know about it? Like, you tell yourself all kinds of stories about what other people are thinking about you, especially about what your parents are thinking about you. So and then Zeke's like, kind of name is Jabbar. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically... Jabbar? That's basically... I think that's the writer's way of just letting people know that he's half black before they meet him. Like, because that's... that's think the, so. That's, that's what I hear underneath it. And not in, like, a racist, problematic way necessarily, but I just feel like that's, like, the little wink-wink, nudge-nudge, because pretty much every family member that Crosby has told Jabbar about, they have that reaction. Well, yeah, Jabbar's a unique and then name, when they meet no him, matter what race you are. Yeah, but I think it is, like, actually, like, an African name. Cause Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Once we meet... Uh, once we meet Jasmine's mom, we see that like they're vi- they're very in touch with like their you know heritage. their roots and their culture. Their you know heritage. Um, yeah, heritage is another word for it. But yeah, I think it's just like the the like the way to like let people in on this whole like hey, Jabbar's not white. Just a heads up. Yeah. Then Crosby brings Jabbar over, and Zeke yeah. and Camille meet him, and they love him. Yeah, they love him. Uh, Zeke kind of he was acting kind of weird. He's like, "Oh boy." Well, yeah, because it's oh, it's boy. a well, you just find out that your youngest son is a father, but then it's like it's not a newborn; it's a grown person with a full. Yeah, but to me, his reaction was was something. It was surprising that he was black. I think was I don't know if the writers were going for that, but that's the feeling I got because yeah. like it's I, not I, really something that's ever. He still seemed he still seemed surprised, and he's like, "Oh boy!" Like it's so overwhelming, and, yeah. it, and it could be just because like he in fact does have a son, yeah. And he's still getting over that, but it, to me, it just seemed like, you know, by not saying that he's he's half black in the beginning when he when he talks to them at the restaurant, it almost seems like that's 
that's what they were going for, and, and yeah. Zeke's reaction kind of played into that. Yeah, and it's definitely not something that's really talked about this first season. I know later on in the show, that is something that Crosby has to grapple with, the fact that Jabbar is moving through the world and just and have and going to have a very different experience than than Crosby and Crosby's going to have to really exercise empathy to even be able to relate to a little bit of it just as a kind yeah there's of only so much you can do as as but, Jack and Rebecca Pearson you know you can well, only do so much if exactly, you're them yeah. you have to let Randall blossom and <laughs> that's not the show oh, we're talking about okay um but yeah it's like it, it's i don't know whether it's a good or a bad thing but it's not really talked about and it's but it's obvious you know like that Jabbar is biracial and I think as like grandparents you know I don't I don't think that Zeke and Camille are racist people like I don't but I think that maybe that's just something that you notice and it's the same it's the same kind of thing where like when parents get upset when they find out that their son or daughter is gay it might not be because they're like anti-gay but because they're like wow life is going to be a little bit more difficult for them and I'm I love them and I want them to be safe that that whole like family and friends they just want you to stay safe and secure yeah life is already hard without that stuff yeah navigating through your life you know with without all that privilege that some people get just by nature of how they're born it just it you know probably is more it's more concern anyway that's I'm just a white woman talking about this yeah like if i told my mom uh, i had a kid and then i brought him to meet her i know exactly what she would do when if, if she saw him and he was black well she, really she, oh yeah she, she would she would hit me and she would say why did you tell me you never told me he was black <laughs> oh, why do you think why do you think she says it just well, because she would assume that uh, the kid wouldn't be black. Right. And that's that, why. I, and I think that's, and your mom's not white, so I can't even, I can't say, oh, that's white privilege. But I think, I think, yeah, like growing up as a white person. She would assume a Filipino I assume, or white. I just assumed people were white until I saw otherwise. And that's, you know. Whoa. Like, it's, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, that's something I had to realize about myself, but. But yeah, also he, she would just assume that he would be like. Asian which, or white. Like, or a mix of those yeah. two things. Cause... She wouldn't expect black. Right. Yeah. Well, that's just... That's, that's just, just your mom. That's just my mom, yeah. but it's also, like, statistics. Statistically, there's less interracial relationships than same race. What's the same race relationships called? Racial? Hetero? Hetero-racial? Or just, I don't know, solo? Inter means Inter- between. Yeah. So what's just the same? Homo. Homo relationships. <laughs> That's something else. That's something else. <laughs> so we're not experts. Um, so yeah, that happens. I want to talk a little bit more about Jabbar before I move on. Ooh. Just I really like the scene at the end. I'm going to talk about the scene. Usually you're the one that talks about the scene at the end, and I want to talk about the scene at the end because he rides his bike. He rides not just his bike, but it's Crosby's bike when he was little. Mm. And it's interesting for many reasons. One reason it's interesting is because Crosby finds out that Jabbar already knows how to ride a bike, which is just another signifier of like, oh, wow, their relationship is different because Jabbar's had this whole life without him and Crosby's had a whole life without him and now they're doing the other Let me interrupt you for a second. A lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people... A lot of people don't have maps... I was gonna say a lot of people say like the first five years is is like the, the most important, the best, the best. Mm. That's what they miss the yeah. most when they when their kids grow up is like the first five years because they're right. so 
vulnerable and you need to teach them almost well, everything. They're molding their personality. They're developing. Yeah, and so he missed like uh, what a lot of people say is the best part of having a kid. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's probably going to battle with that in the future. Oh, spoiler alert. But I think that Crosby, you know, there's a lot of things you can see that Crosby is lacking as a person, you know, as far as responsibility and commitment and blah, 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 stability. But I think he's so full of grace in this moment where, you know, he could have taken this, he could have gotten really down and been like, wow, Jabbar already knows how to ride a bike. I missed out on this too. I just want to have this moment with my parents and my old bike. But he's just so happy to be sharing his bike with him. And he's like, and, and Jabbar, you can tell from his body language that Jabbar is not scared of this. And so Crosby figures it out. Crosby's like, oh, you already know how to do this? And Jabbar's like, uh-huh. And Crosby's like, okay, cool. I'm just, I'm still going to help you get started though. So it's like Crosby's own way of accepting all the experience that Jabbar already has, but then also saying, hey, I'm I'm your dad and I'm, I'm going to be part of your life. And so we have this great scene of Crosby starting him off, like holding the back of his seat and pushing him off and he's riding, on the, riding down the road. But another thing I love about this scene is just bicycles. You know? Yeah, we love bikes. And it's Christmas time here and, um, you know, like... Everywhere. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just mean like right now, like someone could be listening to this next June. And so I would just want to say it's Christmas time at the time of this recording, you asshole. I thought you meant like um, here. Only here in St. Pete is at Christmas time. We're out no. of St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, man. Now if you want to visit us, us, come over. But we might not be here. We're probably going to be moved somewhere else. Um, so, no, no, no. I'm, I'm still finished up a point, and then you can put a pin, put a pin in it, Pete Holmes. And so um, there's like this, there's some memes that are going on social media about, you know, the meaning of Christmas and all that stuff. And there was one thing I saw yesterday that said, you know, like kids don't actually, you know, like remember what they got for Christmas, you know, it was like an adult saying, I don't remember what I got for Christmas when I was five years old or even seven or even eight. What I remember was the feeling of waking up and being with my family and nobody having to go to work and drinking hot cocoa and whatever made Christmas Christmas for that family. And I agree with that, that meme for the most part. Like, yeah, I don't remember most of the Christmas gifts I've gotten either. For me, it, what matters more is just the 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 connectedness or whatever. But I do remember the Christmas that I got a brand new bike. Hmm. And so big gifts, you probably remember. it was a big deal because it was what I it was what I really wanted, and we had finished um, opening the presents under the tree, and so then we were moving on to Christmas breakfast. And I was probably I was in the kitchen helping my mom or whatever, and my dad asks me to go out to his shed to get something, and I was like, "Heck no!" Like get some was, flour out of the shed. It was snowing, like there was snow all over the ground. So even to go out to the shed, I had to I had to like put on boots and put on a jacket and everything. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like you're really gonna make me go out to the shed on Christmas morning?" He's like, "Please, I really need this thing. Will you just please go out there?" And I go, I trek out to the shed and I open it up. And my bike is in the shed, and I fucking lose it, and I'm so excited, and I can't ride it because the 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 sidewalks, the streets, nothing's come through for plowing. It's all covered in snow. So I lugged this bicycle. It's a child size bicycle, but it still was a full size bicycle. I lugged it up into my house and rode it up and down the <sighs> hallway of our house because I was so excited. And I so, think and so I if- think that there's this like transformative, transcendent 
magic about bicycles, at least to me. Because well, then I think, just last year for my birthday, I got a new, a brand new bicycle. Well, I think it's something big or significant like, like a bicycle where um, what that bicycle leads to can lead to like a lot of... Freedom. Yeah, like freedom and personal happiness because if you got a car, I don't care if you're eight years old when you got a car as a gift or you're 30 years old, you're definitely going to remember that right. forever. Um, or a guitar, like if you got like a really yeah. nice guitar because the guitar, you're going to get so many years of use out of it. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying more or less is the gifts that we give children, which is like a, like a $20 watch. toy from... Toys R Us or Walmart, like OMG, it's so insignificant. Surprise. They're yeah. not going to be playing with it a year from mm-hmm. from then. Well, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I think the big thing. But I think when I wrote what I wrote down about it, I was like, it's so iconic. And I know some people are, some people hate bikes, and some people don't want to ride bikes, and or, and some people are like, some people don't have no, bikes. Some people don't have bikes. Um, but for me, there's just something so iconic about riding a bicycle, and it, there's something. And for me, I used to, I used to have a whole stable of bicycles and pretend that they were my horses. Yeah, we love bikes. We love bikes. That's why we're when we move, we need to make sure it's a very bikeable to get to places. Bike friendly place. Yeah, I I bike to work sometimes, and like that, I make a point to like not have any music or podcast playing, and it's just it's a time of freedom because I have the agency to move myself through the world, and it's also. And you it's know, free. Speaking of, it's free. Well, the once bicycle is not free, but once yeah. you have it, like it leads to all this freedom and and free, right? And well, free and freedom. And like you know, we were talking about earlier about like getting in touch with your true self. Like I have lots of thoughts while I'm riding my bike because it's an exercise that are like real thoughts. Exercise. They're not like, oh, you should do this because so and so in society. And I'm like, I'm like thinking about what I want and what I want my life to look like and it's a very meditative time for me. Of course. That's what hiking is for me. Yeah. Anyways, one thing you for you left out of that scene that I thought was very important is when when Crosby's pushing Jabbar on the bicycle, they cut to the oh. back of the bike and it has a small license plate on uh, under the back seat that says Braverman. Mm-hmm. Because that was a question. Because he's not a, he's not a Braverman right now. Not by his, name. Not by name. Yeah, that's a question that Zeke had and asked. Like, well, what's his last name if you didn't know it. about him? Right, and that's something we talked about what well, just last week, right? About how like why do Amber and Drew have their dad's last name if their dad's such a piece of shit? Like, so we're building Parenthood is building this case of like the significance of names. Yeah. Like, so I don't think uh, Jabbar ever changes his name. Well, I don't know. We, we, oh, we, we wait, want to get ahead now that of I think of it. So, um, so there's one storyline we haven't talked about, and we only have 15 there's minutes. There's several storylines we haven't talked no, about. No, major, major. Oh, okay. Well. Oh, you want me to say it? So yeah, it's, it's about the, Christina and Jesus, Adam. You want me to and do everything? So uh, Christina and Adam, they hire a behavioral psychologist. Behavioral aid. Okay. Yeah. To help Max with becoming... Braverman. <laughs> no, becoming not such a douchebag. Fuck. Well, yeah, just to help him... Navigate, be more social. Navigate through the world. And, yeah, and not be so angry. So, uh, could I start by saying something, actually? Because I thought, I thought you... I didn't know which... I thought you were going to talk about how Christina fakes orgasms. I thought that was the what you were going to talk about. Well, yeah, that morphs into it. Um, but, so, yeah. Gabby, what, Gabby helps that. Gabby um, is the behavioral. Aid. Gabby is her name, and I didn't notice this. This is the first time I noticed this. But like when they answer the door, and they see her, and and they're like, 
hello? And they like don't know who she is. And she's like, I'm Gabby, Max's behavioral aide for the first their first session together. And they're both like super flabbergasted by her. And maybe this is just because they're nervous about inviting this stranger into their home and like seeing how they could actually help Max or whatever. But I'm also like kind of, it was kind of bummed out by their reaction because I'm, I'm like, do they not think that she can help him because she's young and pretty? Like, is yeah, that... I think that's the reaction the writers right. were so, going like, for. That's really a bummer to me because normally I only shit on Sarah, but I kind of want to shit on Adam and Christina for a minute because I get that they're they're really concerned. They... They're shelling out lots of money. Yeah, but the thing is, is you you don't want to say that. Of course not. You don't want to <laughs> no, no, say no. it. No, you don't want to say that about them because this is like, I feel like the writers did a good job because I think most people, that, w- that would be their natural reaction because in all of our minds, we expect an old almost unattractive person to be doing this we don't we and we got the opposite we got a very young who's probably just out of school or in school um person because this is a very specialized field that that uh, this person that max needs so you expect somebody with like that's a little bit older that maybe has more years of experience or at least more years of schooling or training and you get somebody that's probably like early 20s and yeah, the the, the uh, how she looks—that's like an, another part of it. But I think a lot of it was just because the age. Yeah, and the fact, like, and she's not at all over sexualized or anything. She just shows up in like regular clothes. But yeah, I think they're like. I think it's the appropriate reaction, though. Like, if if we had a kid and we were we needed the babysitter, and somebody like that shows up, you're, you're probably going to react differently than if like a forty-year-old lady shows up. Well, right? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Maybe. But. Here's the thing, though, is that I think that her youth works in her favor because then what ends up happening is uh, Gab, not Crosby, Gabby, obviously she's, she's been to school and she has a whole skill set. She has theories behind what she's doing, but also on a very simple level, the, what she's offering that's the most valuable is a new perspective and a new perspective of hope because we see Christina watching Gabby try to do these things, make these deals with Max, and Christina's like, oh, no, he won't do that. I've tried that. I've done that. And she's and that's a valid response for her. She's burnt out. She's worried about her son. But she almost, her and Adam have dug themselves into this hole where they can't see the potential of Max actually being able to change his behavior. But Gabby can because she's fresh out of school and because she's new to this situation. So, I mean, in the end, Christina's like, oh, I was totally wrong about her. She's so great, blah, 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 blah. So I think that... Her youth is part of that, what makes her work work because oh, yeah, she's saying. super fresh and she's super, she just, she offers this new perspective of like, no, I do believe that Max can do this. You, you have to be the one to stay firm when you're making a deal with him or when you're talking to him, you, you have to stay firm. And to me, if you're good at what you're doing, I don't care. I don't even care what your qualifications are. I don't yeah. care how old you are. If Unless you're good you're like at a it. surgeon, that's different. You want yeah, but like qualifications. if if you're if you're saying they're good at surgery, then why do you need the qualifications? If you're already saying that they're good at it, because that now we're standards. just doing some paperwork. No, or, like the qualifi- they they earned the qualifications by proving that they're good at it. Not just some things you don't want to know just by hearsay. Some things you want let's to say able- let's say you're in the middle of the desert and oh, a camel bites your leg, you're bleeding like crazy. Your friend. You have two friends with you. One is board certified, all the credentials in the world, surgeon, but he just got all of his licenses. Or you have a guy that doesn't have any of it, but he's been doing camel surgeries (laughs) on people 
camels are fucking Are Camel you kidding me right now? inflicted surgery. Because he's been living out in the desert this whole time. And he's, he's, he's good at it. I'm telling you, he's good at it. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather have I working on I wouldn't pick one. I'd say the two of you work together, please, and help my leg. Let's say... Ha! Beat you, sucker! Let's say the wound is so... It's in a tight spot where only one person can literally do any operation on there. Which one would you choose if you were Fine, clear-headed? Fine, i the camel guy. See? But the thing, about, the thing I have to <laughs> insert here is that that surgeon got the way that the medical field works, because I'm an expert I know, you have years of experience. You get those certifications because of all the years of experience. I understand. I watch Grey's Anatomy. I know how this works, actually. Okay. okay? So, Point I think... Point taken. That's really... Anyway, so Gabby offers a new perspective. She also offers a really safe space for Christina because they're talking, and it's like... Um, well, yeah, I mean, here, here's what Christi- I... Yeah, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so uh, Gabby introduces, or Gabby has Max introduce himself to this girl in the park, and then they play for hours. They play some kind of four-square ball game. And then Christina... Just a ball back and forth. Then Christina... Yeah, but I think it's like in a specific way. Yeah. Then Christina and Gabby like sit and talk for a while. And, you know, what I, what I found funny was, you know, at that point... Christina was kind of losing control. Or she was le- being down on herself. Well, she felt like she was losing control over not being able to help her son and having this new hired woman come in and, and do almost the exact... Young and pretty. And is almost doing the exact same thing, and it's working. So she so feels working, like yeah. she's, she's inadequate or losing control. And then so she tries to regain it when she's talking to Gabby, and she says, she said, oh, no, that's something different. Oh, she asked her, like, do, well, you, do you want a snack? Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. you want an apple? Christina always has snacks. Do you want a snack? But then yeah. I want to back up to before when they first met Gabby in the house. And then Gabby was working with Max. Mm-hmm. And uh, Max was about to throw a fit and not listening to what Gabby was saying. And the first thing that Christina goes to is, how about we get you a cookie? <laughs> yeah. And so that's yeah. like the old way of how she used to do it. And then Gabby was like, no, let's not do that. We're, Gabby goes, no, we're not doing cookies. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. We're not a... Uh, Incentivizing or something. We're not. Well, we're we are. They that Gabby. They have a, she has a new Gabby incentive has a system. system that is all about us incentives. We're not giving it in to go him. Straight to the cookies. It's yeah. not reward first. It's behavior. But we give you a cookie and then reward. Yeah, but Christina's feeling like less of a mom, and then she ends up, te- you know, thanking Gabby, and but then like kind of breaking down, and this, and so Gabby's like, "Well, how are you?" And so Gabby ends up kind of therapizing Christina, and Christina lets out that. She's so worried all the time, and even, and when she's not worried, she's worried about why she's not worried. Or when she's not worried about Mac, she's worried about Hattie. She's always worried, and she can't ever enjoy things. And then it, she kind of vom- word vomits and basically says, like, I can't even enjoy sex with my husband. I think this is a very common thing, probably. Oh, yeah. uh, the thing that I thought of when she said this was kind of like my mom, who's always worrying about my brother. And if she's not worrying about my brother, then it's about something else, like in the Philippines, her family in the Philippines. Oh, there's so much stuff going on. And it's just this non, uh, you don't have a break from worrying and it's, it takes a toll on a person. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, Christina finally had enough and she had to say all these things and right. kind of help have somebody help her. And it turns into this whole thing and Gabby's just like, you're doing fine. You just need to relax. But I kind of want to, because we're running, you know, we're towards the end and I want to cut out the summary and just get to my my thoughts yeah so earlier i said you know it's not that 
Raquel kissed Joel, is, that's not the problem. The problem is that Joel didn't tell Julia. I think we have another situation here where something else is causing the problem. The problem isn't that Christina is faking her orgasms. The problem is that there's such a big focus on orgasms to begin with. <laughs> I didn't know you were going here. And let me explain, because it's not that I'm anti-orgasm or anything, but so much pressure is put on orgasming during the sexual act, and and like so much so that it's not even considered finished until at least the male counterpart orgasms. There's so much uh, joy that you rob out of the situation when you make it so goal-oriented. And that's something that I've had to learn myself personally that like it doesn't always have to be about the orgasm, especially for the female. For the male... No, there's something well, called non-ejaculatory well, yeah, no, no, orgasm. Right, but don't interrupt me because um, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm trying to be clear about this. It's not that I don't think... It, Four minutes. Um... It's not that I don't think it's important for females to orgasm, because especially that the male orgasm is such a natural, accepted thing. Like that's that's like the, it's part of the whole structure of the sexual act or whatever. And the female orgasm is sometimes seen as a byproduct or seen as something that's not quite as important. So it's not that I don't think it's important. I just think that it doesn't have to happen every time. I've had plenty of great sex. God, I keep thinking about how my parents listen to this. I've but I've had plenty of great sex where I haven't orgasmed. You know. Or even the male has an orgasm, and, you, and it's just, I keep saying the male, obviously I'm talking about you. Um, but I just think that there's so much, and I, I learned that with you. I have you to thank for that, that it's not always about orgasming. You don't have to turn sex into some competition, some like goal-oriented act. Like you can, and obviously orgasms are great, and they are, especially for women, they really help you relax and recenter and ground to the earth. But I don't don't you think that that's the problem? It's not it's not that she's faking it. It's that she feels like she has to because like that's where Adam derives his manhood. Like because he gets so I, upset when I, he realizes that she's been faking the orgasm. How about it's okay that she doesn't orgasm each time? Like well, to, you can to have me, some quickies and you can have some other times that are non intercourse sex. But then that's when she can. orgasm. I mean, to, to me, the reason she didn't orgasm is because she's so stressed out. That's, right. That's I think the and main concern. And she wants the sex to be finished, and she wants Adam to feel good oh, about it. Oh, okay, so she that's what you're saying. Because she's so worried, it's almost like, oh, um, like oh, I'm just gonna pretend like I had an orgasm so that we can then go to sleep or well, go, to talk, gives, go back to get, talking about. It gives Max the other person satisfaction. It's, like I if I make you orgasm, it, it definitely gives me some sort of satisfaction of like, you know, I'm I satisfied I satisfied right. you and it made you feel good and I feel good about that. But it doesn't have to happen every time. Sorry, Ethan. You know, <laughs> um, it doesn't have to happen every time, and it's like. And that's the problem that there's it's this 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 society 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 that's from into the wild it's the society society societal pressure so you know what I'm talking about in into the wild yes, yes, yes. society it makes you orgasm every time like you don't no you don't have to do it every time like you know like you know whatever so that's my thank you for coming I see what my you're saying talk. I agree with it I agree with that and it again it's not that I don't think. I understand the value of it. It's not that I don't think it's important. It's just that I think all of this pressure could be alleviated if if Adam and Christina just agreed, like, both of us don't have to come each time. You know? You said it. Um, Hope there's not a five-year-old listening. 
They don't know what it means. Um, you know, like, it, let's just enjoy the time that we have together. And also, like, don't derive all of your manhood just from that. Like, I get it that it's very satisfying to make your woman orgasm. But, like, there's so many other ways you can express your love and that you can connect and that you can take care of your woman. Agreed, agreed. Before, besides just doing that. So, I think, yeah, I'm just, I've this isn't, like, a thing that I've been doing, you know, lately trying to really identify the source wound and trying to identify like what systems are in place that are causing this pain. Adam is not the problem, right? And that and that he thinks he's the problem and Christina doesn't think he's the problem, but it, like that's the person that she's worried about because she's faking her orgasm. I know the Adam. name of this episode. Anti-orgasm Aaron. Um, no, it's not the name of the episode. But yeah, I'm just like trying to see bigger pictures. Like, wow, Adam's not the problem. The system that's put in place that puts this pressure... Well, society, societal pressures. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the mother wound right there. Well, we can have a 100-hour-long podcast on societal pressures mm-hmm. that make us worse people overall. Yeah, it's just a way of hurting us like cattle. So, so how do you like. how do you combat societal pressures if you're always Honest, part of society? Honest, open communication. Honest, open communication. Honest, open communication. I want to come right now. That's not an okay. If you have comments about this episode or any other episodes, you can email us at becomingbravermen at gmail dot com. Find us also, on no, no, we toggle, toggle, toggle. toggle. We also um, have an Instagram at becomingbravermen, where we tell you when new episodes are available, and we post quotes and pictures from the episode. What was your favorite? moment Doug uh, we don't have time for that yeah we do no because the other part was over was two minutes what was your favorite moment Doug quick 30 seconds um Millie oh you almost forgot to do that <laughs> um I guess it was kind of a romantic moment when Mark Sear was oh, talking yes. to Sarah and uh basically Sarah returned the note where Mark asked Sarah out Mm-hmm. And she returned the note, and she wrote her own uh, checkbox in there. She wrote uncomplicated. She wrote it's complicated, and it's then so Mark said basically fuck that, and he showed up at her work late one night, and said uh, basically just kissed her and yeah. asked her out. Maybe I should just be more direct, but he was still so- yeah. I put that that he's so romantic. real quick. What's your favorite? He's so romantic. I like that moment. Oh, copycat! But attack. I like. I already talked about my favorite moment, which is Jabbar riding his bike. Thank you. Come again. <laughs> really. This. Really. Come again. You know, it's fine. <sighs> orgasm is fine. It's just don't... Just because you don't have an orgasm doesn't mean that sex was a failure, you know? This, this was Becoming, becoming Braver, Braver Men. Men.